0: Welcome back. back to the landing spot. I'm Lauren and I'm Sammy, and tonight you're joining us on a
1: Monday night. Monday night. This is take two. This is take two. Full disclosure: Lauren and I sat down for our Sunday night podcasting, and we talked, but we both felt that we were outside of our soft spot. So we decided that we wanted to reconnect, lighted a candle. Have another quiet moment and talk again. And yeah, and just try again. And it was interesting because yesterday,
0: whenever we had, we sat down to have this conversation, it was just like, yeah. Immediately, I could tell. I was like, oh man, I wish we would have centered beforehand. And we talked about how that happens in the classroom a lot, where, like, one of the things that I really had to learn when I was student teaching was, like, it's okay to stop everything Mm -hmm. and tell the students to sit down Mm -hmm. and pause and listen. (laughs) And I felt like one of the best things that came out of our conversation from yesterday is because afterwards you're like, why didn't you stop? We could have just started over. And that's what I've taken away. Yeah, awesome. We can always start
1: over. Yes, and it's... Nothing else matters if you're outside of your soft spot. Yeah. Right? So your connections aren't going to feel as authentic to you. And whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish can wait so that you can get back to your center. So yay for you for telling me. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, I'm not attached to our conversation. I mean, I'm happy to talk about it again. And then in re- real reflection, I'm like, shit, there were so many moments where I wasn't telling my whole truth. And if there's anything that I've been ruminating on in the last couple <laughs> weeks, it's like the importance of speaking your truth. So I'm going to drop into that too mm. and be more vulnerable um, because I feel that our topics this week force us to talk about things that require softness, but also truth and honesty and bravery. Mm. And I'm ready. And I don't think I was ready yesterday, but I want to now. Oh. So let's dive in. Our let's episode dive in.
0: Woo. Our episode this week is Friends Lovers or Nothing, raw vegan
1: cake and high lunch. And high lunch post. So Friends Lovers or Nothing is a song and I wrote that one on a card. It's a John Mayer song. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of backstory about John Mayer. Uh, this was the not the summer that I was just here. It was the summer before. So I had not made a decision yet to move, but I was in the healing process, re-eating disorder, body image, etc. And I went to his concert with my family, my nuclear family, just my brother and my parents. And my mom says that this is like one of the best nights of her entire life. She had the best time. Oh. And we, it was at the Hartford Civic Center. It was just oh this gosh. big outdoor green. Oh, that sounds and picturesque. It was so picturesque. It was a beautiful day in the end of the summer. And John Mayer is from Connecticut. So <laughs> he was in his element. We were all just loving it. And he had just come out with his new album. Mm. And so then this was like September, October after that concert. I was constantly playing John Mayer on my phone and listening to him on Bluetooth and like in my kitchen when I'm clicking, etc. Mm. And I remember there was a day where like, okay, I've listened to his album one zillion times. I'm ready to listen to other John Mayer songs. And I went on the feature on iTunes where you can just click all songs and play his, some of his hits and friends, lovers or nothing played. I had never heard it before and it spoke to my soul. And I remember that after I listened to it and really internalized and listened to the lyrics, I laid on the carpet in the star position of my floor and I just sobbed Mm. because I felt that well I immediately was thinking about a previous romantic relationship that I was in that was very significant to me and we had moved out of being lovers and we were... Quote unquote friends, but I really didn't feel like we were friends, which Mm. then meant to me that we were nothing. Mm. And it was super hard to accept that. I didn't want to accept that. Yeah. And the whole song is friends, lovers, or nothing. There can only be one, Mm. and you can't have anything in between. Mm. So I felt like I had, I don't know, like I just had to come to terms with the fact that, like, we're not lovers anymore. We're really not friends so we're nothing Mm. it was very
0: significant yeah and just like a devastating realization yeah like even years
1: after this breakup
0: Mm. so like what I mean what do you think it is about the song that just like Mm. hit home
1: just like speaks to me um I don't know it's a good question it's um, what's coming up for me now is like thinking about how I'm very much someone who has to define things in a category and that I didn't want to be in nothing category. Um, so I think, so at the time, this was before I moved, um, I had broken up with this person. It had been a parting that didn't have, Feel like it had real finality to me mm. so when we parted ways it was because one of us was moving away and one of us was not going with that person mm. so I held on to the idea that we'd pick up where we left off when we were back in the same place at the same time mm. and that never truly happened mm. so it's for me like the door was always open You had a physical breakup, but not a mental breakup. Yeah, it was, like, emotionally ambiguous to me. Yeah. So that's, I think, part of the reason why it's like, oh, gosh, like, all this time has now elapsed. John Mayer, the expert on breakups, because Mm. he's been through so many of them, just, like, I just felt his, his drop in his wisdom. And he said there's these three really powerful lines toward the end of the song, but one of them is anything less than I love you is lying. So I felt like because that was not happening in the time that I was listening to the song, I felt like, okay, this person is still in my life. They're still significant. We're not really friends. We're not lovers anymore. We used to be. I guess we're nothing, but I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to be nothing, but I'm not getting any kind of affirmation that we're, that I'm significant to him the way he's significant mm. to me. Mm.
0: Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> and like hearing you talk about this, it's making me think of, I feel like the way it's felt for me or like the way that you just described that was like you broke up, you guys broke up with the present, but you didn't break up with the future. Mm, I've never heard that before. And, like, I, I'm i saying that now because I feel like I went through something similar. You and I have talked about this before where um, I mentioned on the pod my partner before I moved where, yeah, the day the day before I moved was the first day we said I love you and it was also the last day of Mm -hmm. our relationship because I was moving Mm -hmm. and I felt like we very much broke up with the present when I moved but we didn't break up with the future and it was interesting because whenever you and I had met Mm -hmm. this last August we were really going through I was going through like what felt like to me the real breakup. And, um, it was interesting cause I remember you saying like, I didn't realize you were still this like connected and attached. Like I thought, you know, you, you guys had been broken up for like a year <laughs> and like we've been broken up with the present for a year. Absolutely. But yeah. like we hadn't broken up with the future and like that Whoa. breakup in August was devastating to me because
1: that was the breakup with the future. You were grieving the, the future that would not come to pass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose that was a similar thing that I was feeling when I first heard the song and I just listened to it over and over and over again and it just made me so emotional because I, I was picturing the future that I wouldn't have. Mm.
0: Oh well, it seems like this was particularly relevant. Yeah,
1: so then yeah, I do want to share like week. this last piece. So in lieu of losing my best friend, a real dear loved one, to a really tragic, sudden accident. It's made me really, really, really evaluate things and make me feel like I, my walls are down. Yeah. That things that I feel need to be said, I'm not afraid to say anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, I'm still afraid, but I'm not gonna let fear hold me back from saying them. So yeah. I have been just running around speaking my truth. <laughs> and i summoned the bravery to tell to tell the person that i that i love them. And I don't even think that i said it in those words, but wanted that person to know how much i appreciate him and how much he means to me and like has always meant to me and will always mean to me. Mm. And like i don't ever want to be nothing with this person because mm. it's impossible.
0: Mm. <laughs> and isn't it crazy how years later it's like that part of us time doesn't exist time does not exist for like fuck yeah
1: love transcends us. time yeah and space and distance and life and, and death yeah you can love someone in death yeah yeah so and it was the urgency with which i needed to tell him this was so intense that nothing really nothing was mattered to me like yeah. i needed to communicate it otherwise i could breathe
0: right and i think the way that you just said that is like Such a normal response to like what happens when someone dies because it, it was interesting I'm I'm brought back to last year in April one of my students from Wisconsin who I was still close with committed suicide and it was devastating for me and I remember um at the time just like say my my partner from before I had all of, we had all of these things left unsaid and I had written, like, tons of poems and, like, things that oh, I wanted yeah. to express. And I was having these fantasies that, like, I would die and someone would find my journals and, like, so, you know, he would know that I really loved him. Wow. And then I was like, why am I having fantasies of dying so that he can find out how I really feel? Like, why don't, don't. – I'm alive. Yeah. It would be great if I just told him. Wow. And, um, I mean, ultimately, you, we know that – what came to pass was that we needed to break up but that was a really necessary step in figuring out where we were and moving forward
1: yes it, it it propelled you forward but like why do we wait until death why do we wait until tragedy in order to speak our truths i don't know why do we need to be at catastrophic lows this was the conversation i was having at lunch today we were i was enjoying lunch at school and this came up um, I don't want it to be that way. No. I want to be a person who moves through the world. And I mean, obviously with respect to other people and, um, you know, still remaining in my soft spot, I want to be speaking my truth. I don't want to fear to be holding me back from saying things I feel strongly about. Yeah. And, and I don't know if we've talked too much about this, but I feel compelled to say it right now. When I was in high school, I was a completely different person. Mm. I was so timid and meek and I never spoke out. I wanted to blend in, I did not like to be the center of attention Mm. at all. And for me, finding my voice happened through my writing. It Mm. happened when I had an English teacher who looked at what I had on paper and was like, oh, holy shit, like, how has this gone untapped? And she really helped me and helped me develop that confidence and it started on paper and then it transformed off the paper. Wow. But that didn't, it didn't even apply outside the school walls until college. Mm and late in college and I started taking up leadership positions and now it feels like it's the most important thing using your voice clearing your throat your throat chakra yeah and that's what I now do with my students like I'm teaching them to tell true personal stories Mm -hmm. and I can't just tell them to do it without me modeling it first yeah
0: and it's so powerful. It was I I think I might have quoted this already on the pod and I can't remember where the quote is from. But it's the idea that the deep like the greatest you've ever felt loved is a direct experience of how open you've been. Yes. Yes. And that's something that yeah, I've just been thinking about a lot lately and like mm. how we relationships and start relationships and like just go into things with being open
1: and what that means and what about the sense of openness um, in terms of fluidity Mm -hmm. not needing to be defined by friends lovers or nothing like can can we push back on john mayer like can it flow can the three stages not maybe exist at the same time, but it's not like you're stuck and defined in one yeah. permanently.
0: Well, one of the things that I have been reading about last year, which I loved, was... Um the idea of like I'd been reading a book on open relationships and polyamory and like what does it mean to navigate these spaces in between what society defines as like you're this or this or this because like really what does it mean to be friends what does it mean to be lovers (laughs) What does it mean to be nothing and like if you have all these intense feelings and why do we come up with like these artificial categories of like what these different things mean Um, and the term that I stumbled across that I loved was relationship anarchist (laughs) and this was the idea that like rather than defining things in a specific role connections can just arise and be fluid and like move through the different energies based on whatever is there Mm. and one of the things that I really love about being here in Spain is I feel like a a phrase they use a lot is like it's not a good moment it's not it's not a good moment Hmm. or it is a good moment okay it's very much about like it has to do with the moment as a as like the moment is what determines everything as opposed to like these preconceived social ideas are what determines what happens afterwards cool and that's one of the things that I love here where like I think I've heard people say multiple times like I don't want to force anything and I feel like, for me, in the U.S., when I was living there, a lot of social interactions and a lot of things were, like, forced based on prescribed roles. And so, um, that's just something that I, yeah, have really liked
1: about being here was this idea of,
0: yeah, just being able
1: to flow more. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love where that morphed. hmm And I think you've brought that sense, that idea into my life a mm-hmm. lot. hmm Thank you for that. Yes.
0: I mean, and I think whenever we had talked about this yesterday, one of the things that I said is I was was definitely opposed to the idea of friends, lovers, or nothing as specific categories. But then as we dug into my story more, I realized that I do think there's moments when fully inhabiting and taking on each one of those identities is necessary. (laughs) But there's also moments when it's really important to let relationships
1: flow between them yes and i had the exact opposite reaction where i was adamant about needing a category and a label and then after we talked i was like god damn i so don't it can it can flow yeah she was right (laughs) Ugh. Yeah. Okay. We compliment each other so nicely. Good work. Good work, friend. Lauren, talk about raw vegan cake.
0: Okay. So raw vegan cake, uh, whenever we were brainstorming foods over the last year, as I was in the throes of my vegan experiment, um, there was a little vegan shop right across the street from my, uh, my apartment mm-hmm. the hostel. Do you remember the name? Um, I can't. Yeah. It was called... It was called <coughs> Crudy. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, it was owned by a woman who just made everything every day by hand. And it was funny because every time I would pay with car- with a card, whenever I'd get my bank statement, it would just say her name on it so I could literally, like, tally up the amount of money I had paid this woman by the end of the month. I was like, thank you, my personal caterer. Um, <laughs> but she made the most amazing raw vegan cakes of all different varieties. Sometimes they were, like lime, chocolate, vanilla, just like all these different things that mm-hmm. tasted delicious, sat so well in my stomach. Like it was one of those things where you're probably going to roll your eyes at me, but it was like a guilt-free cake indulgence that I just loved. Um, and one of my fondest memories of these raw vegan cakes was last year, there was something to celebrate. I don't remember what, maybe it was like the end of the school year. I'm not sure. But, um, <laughs> My previous roommate and current best friend, Mel, was, um, she was like, oh, to celebrate, like, here's, here's something to help you celebrate. If I were there, I would buy you, uh, cake and wine. And we always oh. used to celebrate my favorite cake back in Wisconsin was cheesecake. Uh-huh. I was obsessed. I had, like, recipes that I would try out. It was just, like, my absolute favorite thing to eat. And so <laughs> it was, like, raw vegan cake kind of took the place of that because it was made with nuts and very creamy and like a similar consistency. Anyway, so I took the $20 she Venmoed me and bought as much Aww. vegan cake as possible and came home and like put out a spread of vegan cake because, you know, we would like spread everything and so took cute. pictures. And it was just like one of those moments where I felt so totally loved and seen Aww. from a friend from afar. And it was mm-hmm. just like such a special moment and a testament to uh, I don't know the connections that you really can keep up or appreciate um even from being thousands of miles apart Aww. so it was just like the cutest most thoughtful thoughtful little thing and like that Sorry. idea of like the 20 dollars went a long way oh. I was just like it was just so. how cute. many slices of cake did you buy For at least four I nice. think Nice. yeah it was, and then I ate, like, a little bit of all of them.
1: It's like a cake tasting for was your a cake. future big party
0: that you throw. Yeah, it was <laughs> pretty fantastic. Mm. So, of course, with the pod shaping our life this last week, whenever yes. <laughs> I was at a friend's hair salon opening, um, there is, sadly, the crudie store has closed, but there is another place, Vaca, in Barcelona, should anyone be interested in more great vegan restaurants. Um, that frequently does raw vegan cake. And so I went to go pick up two pieces of cake for us. (laughs) And one was chocolate and vanilla, and the other one was just chocolate. They were both like the Mm cheesecake-type variety. And on the way out, I remembered to ask if they had walnuts, and they did, which was sad because that's when I remembered you were allergic to walnuts. (laughs) I had already bought two pieces of cake, and I was like, well... I guess I just have to eat them anyway. <laughs> more for you. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, but
1: sad. I love that you asked. Yeah, and it's, it's just Sad. Most yeah. yeah, most vegan replacements are not that based. Yeah, it's hard to be allergic I mean, to nuts and
0: vegan. See, hmm.
1: but one day maybe I will be able to try some raw vegan cake. Yeah. Did they ever make it with like beets or carrots?
0: Yeah, I mean. Well, I think so. Teresa Carls mm-hmm. is another really fantastic uh, flexitarian, vegan, vegetarian restaurant here, and they have really fantastic cakes that are vegan and nut free, but they're not raw. So okay, they're more like the typical cake, spongy, floury type thing. But, um, are they as you using to grains? Like, like, can you put flour in it? Yeah, hmm. yeah. They have gluten free ones too. But all of her cakes are also to die for. Are they in the cookbook? Um, I don't know. I do have a Teresa Carl's cookbook. We should love. Yeah. I would be Later. impressed. She definitely has desserts in there. <clears throat> Excellent. <She's>
1: <laughs> Yay. Oh. All right. And then our last portion. And if you don't, if you're too tired to do this right now, that's totally fine. We can just know. talk it through. No,
0: I feel great about it.
1: Okay. We are going to transition into high lunge.
0: Um. Yes. We did demonstrate this yesterday, first time around for like ten minutes. So I hope <laughs> your quads, my quads sore today. <laughs> I know my quads hold up, but I think they're ready for it. Okay, so we're stepping over onto the yoga mat, and I'm about to step into high lunge. So in order to do this, I'm gonna put both my feet at the front of the mat, just standing and facing forward. I want my feet hips width distance apart. So a trick to measure that is you can take both your hands and put them together in fists and then bend your knees and bend down and put your hands in between your feet and that measures out a nice hips uh, width distance apart. So with your feet kind of, you can think of them as like being in two lanes. Um, I'm going to keep my right foot forward. And I'm going to set my left foot back, staying in that lane. So my, my feet are still this hips width distance apart, but my right foot's in the front of the mat. My left foot's in the back of the mat. Mm-hmm. All the toes are facing forward, and my back left heel is
1: up. Can I ask you a question that is burning? I've always wanted to know. Tell so me. your back heel, do you want to be up on the toe, or do you want to push the heel back? So you feel the stretch in the back of the
0: leg um when I think about doing this I think about having my foot at a 90 degree angle hmm. so I don't want to be reaching too far forward um or too far back or hand. too far back so I'm really trying to activate through kind of like if you look at your hand where like the bottom base of your knuckles yep. are that's yep. like where the weight is in my toes right now Fabulous. but more of it is in the ball amount of my foot um, You can definitely play around with the heel stuff based on what you're trying to get at, but having that foot trying to come at like a 90-degree bend so that my toes are
1: really bent under me Got you. is what feels best to me. This is a balancing pose, a so balancing I'm wondering how balance can play into the first two topics. Mm. Do they? Yeah, what connections are you seeing? Well, I'm definitely really more adapting this concept of between different states mm-hmm. and um <sighs> just like being okay with whatever state it is that you're in and that if you need to change your state or you desire a change of your state then you have the power to change you have the power you can make a move or you can make an exit
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean and i think one of the things we think about in yoga is the static poses are important, and right now I'm holding the high runner's lunge, mm-hmm. but really, I'm ready to switch legs. And coming out of the pose, I'm moving through plank, I'm gonna go through chaturanga, Upward dog, downward dog, and now I'm gonna take my left foot and step it through to my hands at the front of my mat <laughs> and work on this transition of coming up to my fingertips and then bringing my arms up above my head. Gorgeous. So frequently we think of, okay, now I'm in high runner's lunge, this was the goal, this is Mm -hmm. what was important, was Mm -hmm. getting here. When really the whole transition, first of all, out of the other posture, and then into this posture is just as much a part of the yoga practice as holding a posture right here. I completely agree. And I feel like that really applies with a friend's lovers or nothing (laughs) sometimes we need to occupy those spaces very clearly Mm -hmm. but i think the transitions in between them are just as much a part of the practice of the relationship
1: yeah um i have a question for you about the cake because i could make a connection we'll (laughs) say so was this the same night that you ate a burger yeah. And you're like, it was so disappointing. It, it was really not was. How, as good as I remembered it. Ugh. And I have a good memory for these things.
0: Okay. So, I mean, I know we talked about not holding back, but I didn't want to bash this vegan restaurant. Oh, no. We're
1: not bashing. My favorite. We're not bashing.
0: I know, but when I went... <laughs> Speak your truth. I'm just going to be really honest. <laughs> yeah. When I went back to Vodka this last time, I was so excited because I wanted to get my very favorite vegan burger there. They make the best vegan cheese. And... I don't know if I ordered wrong. I really don't think I ordered wrong. They, the, the I just was, I was just, just disappointed. disappointed. The burger was not what I remembered. It did not have the delicious cheese on it. And they, it was served with regular patatas bravas instead of normally. Those are like the Spanish kind of like French fries. <laughs> and normally they have it made out of butternut squash. And so I was just so disappointed by all of that. And then I was really questioning like, I used to love these burgers, and so I was like, "Is this burger not as good, or like, is it just because like I literally just ate a real hamburger before this?
1: <laughs> hamburger, <laughs> so, hamburger, yeah, <laughs> yes. significance, yes. So I don't know, but what was, what's your connection? Well, I if we're operating by the same principle of being fluid with things we don't have to write off the restaurant or write off raw vegan cake simply because this experience was not so great Hmm. maybe that's topical but that's where I went Mm, yeah I think that's true too and also like
0: the rest that restaurant served a really important
1: role role. in my life
0: and honestly whenever I found out my student had died last year and was so upset I left school early one day because I was just a wreck um, I went to that restaurant and just sat there and ate the vegan burger and cried. That was your place of comfort? And that was, like, the place that, yeah, was my safe place. And so, I mean... We were lovers. I thought we were going to be friends, <laughs> but right now I'm just feeling nothing. <laughs>
1: nothing. Yes! I love it. Fantastic. Mm, okay. What's happening next week?
0: So, because this is round two of this recording, we already drew the cards for next week. So,
1: next week,
0: you will be hearing about...
1: Uh, the theme, First Impressions. The food, or drink in this case, Vermouth. Our, vermouth. Vermouth. Our yoga pose is Warrior 2. Warrior 2. And we'll be back on Sunday. Yes.